Hi, this is Amy. I'm here tonight with Dr. Leslie O'Dell, Dry Eye Diva, and Dr. Selena McGee of Precision Vision of Edmond, Oklahoma. Welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Leslie, and thank you, Amy. I'm excited to be here. It is fun to have you both here, especially since well, we're still in lockdown in most of the country, so it's definitely it's uh, it's great to have you here to discuss sort of being pretty during the pandemic. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to kind of get you on board since you're both uh, very well versed in the, say, aesthetics and eye care. And it's actually interesting what some of our pandemic practices can include and how we may actually be compromising our, our eye health and vision even during you know, lockdown. So thank you again for coming, coming together. Yeah. Um, I think it's such an interesting time because you really see what, you know, consumers and our patients find, you know, important when they don't have access to things, um, whether it's um, their nail salon or their lash boutique, or, you know, even somebody that they're seeing for fillers and and things like Botox. Um, It's been interesting to see how eager as the world does open up, um, these consumers are to get back to what they, you know, their norms and how, what makes them feel good about themselves. Um, but we've also been seeing some interesting things um, from the news and such about some kind of not so safe habits um, or practices of these consumers trying to do things during the pandemic to keep themselves looking and feeling well. Well, it's interesting you say that, Leslie, because the other day I stumbled across an article that was covering DIY tweakments and how women are actually buying injectables online and giving themselves, shall we say, wrinkle fixes at home. And I mean, this is another reason why we wanted Selena on tonight, because Selena, I know you have aesthetics in your practice, but isn't that a little bit shocking for you to hear that people are literally injecting themselves at home? What what could go wrong with this? (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong trying to do that? I mean, I'm shocked. And I mean, I've always been even against, you know, doing like a Groupon for, you know, neurotoxin or injectables. And so to have somebody actually trying to do this at home, wildly scary. I mean, there's, there's multiple reasons for that to go wrong. And I'm interested to see where they're actually getting the medication because there's, there's no company that will sell that to them. So they're getting after, you know, after market products, they have to be. So there's problem number one, you don't even know a, what you're injecting. And then B, when you reconstitute these medications, with neurotoxins, especially, there's a there's a formula to that, um, and then C, you're injecting your face with people that don't know how to inject. So you know our our faces are filled with nerves, arteries, veins, you know very important structures that, especially with fillers, you can actually blind yourself. You could cause an area of necrosis because you give yourself an artery occlusion. I mean, there's so many things wrong with this. And I will be the first to say that I had patient when I, I closed for six weeks in Oklahoma. And when I got back and announced that we were going to slowly responsibly open those, I had a full clinic of um, patients that certainly wanted neurotoxin, but 
they're also the ones that come to me because they know I do it safely. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, again, as you pointed out earlier, that people can get these injections just pretty much anywhere on a regular basis, which we definitely advise against because we highly recommend that if you do want fillers or injectables for anti-aging treatments, beauty treatments, that you should go to a professional, ideally an eye doctor, because a lot of these injections can actually go around the eyes and can compromise your vision in many ways. But the fact that you can have these pop-up shops that do injectables or now people are somehow finding the injections online. I don't even know how somebody would just go online and get a syringe, let alone a neurotoxin online. What is it? Alibaba? I mean, how, how, do, how do you do that? Amazon? How, how does anybody actually get this actually product? Get it. It's really scary. Very so, scary. This is like a DIY tweakment. Um, no, it's just a DIY nightmare. I understand that people want to feel good about themselves, but it's just scary that you mentioned that you could go blind Mm -hmm. if you do this incorrectly why because you have well first of all we don't know where the syringes are coming from and we don't know the origin of the neurotoxin that are in the syringes but the fact that somebody could hit a nerve or some other (laughs) (laughs) so the the big the biggest challenge with um with filler with dermal fillers is because if you inject a filler into an artery you're going to cause an occlusion. So when you occlude that artery, anything downstream from that is not going to get the oxygen that it needs. So, and wait, so you have arteries in your face, so you could take a syringe, and if you don't have a professional or you're doing this at home, you could hit an artery in your face? Absolutely. And there's arteries all – our face is highly vascular. If you've ever had, like, a head injury, like a forehead that's gotten bumped or, you know, had anything done, it's highly vascular. And – the anatomy is different on everybody. I mean, yes, there's a, there's structures, but when you inject, I mean, you feel and you know where those are. And so for people that, especially like, let's say they wanted tear trough, which is off label for all injectables, but a lot of people still want that area. But if you don't know where the infraorbital notch is and the fact that there's arteries and veins and nerves coming through that and know exactly where that, that notch is, you can feel it on your face. But if you inject an artery, that's going to go straight into the retina. And so there, there have been people that are blinded from hitting an artery. And then same thing, like in the glabella region, that's another, you know, there's just all these horror stories of injecting into an artery and causing an occlusion. And that's, that's a terrible one. But, you know, even if it's on your face and you do it, you know, there's a lot of arteries around your, your nose. Um, if you hit one of those, you're going to cause again, no oxygen. So the tissue is going to die. So you wind up with necrosis and it's, it's terrible. And so no so inject- necrosis means it's beyond paralysis because obviously the neurotoxin means, uh, well, it translated, that means basically brain death. Yes, um, exactly. Yep. The tissue, so- the tissue <laughs> dies and then it won't stay like on your face. Like it literally looks like, so it will turn black and oh. then it will like literally come off. All right. So maybe being pretty during a pandemic could get a little bit ugly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Very. I mean, and it's interesting because I had a patient today who she's a dry eye patient, but so we're doing IPL on her, but she wants a lot of stuff done right now because she's not leaving the house. So I see the temptation, which is something I hadn't really considered. She's like, well, this is the time to do it because no one's going to see me. And so, um, yeah, so that's I, a good point. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. And I was like, oh, gosh, you're right. But obviously, you want to have someone that knows that's well trained and knows the anatomy doing these kinds of procedures. Well, and that sort of goes back to how you even fell into this, you know, being an eye care provider and offering the surface services to your, your patients. And, you know, your story, as far as getting to this point is so interesting to me, because like you say, like you, who knows the anatomy around your eye better than an eye care provider. But oftentimes, that's not who we're seeking out when we're looking for these things that are going in and around our eyes. Correct. And they don't know all of, you know, they don't have a slit lamp like we do. They're not looking at tear film. They don't realize that when they're chasing those crow's feet, that they're relaxing the orbicularis oculi. And when that happens, now you've changed the whole blink reflex. And we all know that the ergonomics of that, you know, plays back into homeostasis on the front surface. And so how on earth would a nurse injector know that better than we do? And they just don't. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, so that, that is how I got into it. And that's why I I stay into it because once you pull that thread and you, you see all of the things that people do and how it correlates and how it all ties together, it's, it's fascinating. And patients need this information. They're not getting it from the places they should get it from. Well, it's also interesting that, um, because if you think about it, maybe people may be thinking, well, if we have this pandemic now, maybe another one could be around the corner because we really don't know. Are we a second wave, third wave? Is there another one that's going to wall up the country or the world for that matter? So maybe it would be a great time during the reopening to maybe get some permanent treatments, maybe Mm -hmm. even like a, a permanent eyeliner, because then say my boyfriend or my fiance won't see me without on my makeup on and then I don't have to worry about it. Right. So I, Selena, how would you, and Leslie, how would you recommend the patients that are coming in saying, do everything to me because I want to be perfect now, but I want to be perfect later. And I want to be perfect just in case. I, I mean, are there any things that we should really take into consideration other than obviously don't do injections at home, but like for permanent stuff, what? Well, I'd say it's very interesting how we can, um, talk ourselves into things like that. So, you know, even, even people who are suffering from eye irritation or dry eye disease think, well, instead of me using an eyeliner every day, it's going to make sense for me to do a permanent one because it's less, you know, of me putting it on every day or less Um, irritating. Right. Or um, false eyelashes. They think I'm going to get false eyelashes, um, you know, and now I don't have to wear mascara because my lashes are going to naturally, you know, naturally, um, kind of a joke, but, um, look cooler and darker, (laughs) but, um, you know, so I feel like they, we can justify things to ourselves, but that, but what I will also say is they're not asking us the eye doctors, right? These services are done outside of our offices. And oftentimes we aren't getting to them until we see the complications that they cause. So, you know, one of the, the things that I try to do, and I know Selena tries to do is stay proactive and have these conversations with our patients ahead of time um, so that they can make educated decisions because obviously where they're going for permanent eyeliner doesn't really know that underneath the lid are these oil glands, the meibomian glands that once they're injured, you know, or obstructed, it's really hard to stay comfortable in your eyes all day. Well, where does someone usually get a permanent eyeliner? Because wouldn't that be something and it makes sense even for an eye care professional to be doing that? Because I would assume that with a a dye, a permanent dye, and you're, wouldn't you be hitting the glands? Wouldn't you be altering the glands somehow? Yeah. I I mean, mean, who does that? Yeah. I mean, cause it's an, anesth- it's an anesthetician typically that's been trained 
but they don't just like Leslie said, they don't know all of the anatomy. So every time, I mean, it's a tattoo needle, they're punching that through the skin with pigment. So every time you punch that through, you're destroying the gland. And we all know once it dies, then it's gone. And so I have been encouraged that I've had patients that will call me now that we, mm-hmm. we've, we've started having these conversations around cosmetics and ingredients and just what they should be and shouldn't be doing. And I've had, I had a patient that called and she said, I'd really like to get permanent eyeliner and my eyebrows done. How do you feel about that? And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited that you called me. And, you know, then I turn right around and I have a patient, I tell her how to take care of her extensions. And she's like, well, I should really call my lash extension person. She's going to know better than you do. Let me double, (laughs) let me double check with that. So, you know, so you get, so there was an epic fail, right? So there's still plenty of work to be done, (laughs) but I am encouraged that I did have, and they're starting to happen more often as these conversations become more natural and they see us in that role of, okay, here's an expert that understands and knows this, that I can really ask. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just really surprised that there isn't more education, especially with the, the tattoos, because they do, they have, the ink has to be injected into the lid. And that's like basically injecting ink into the pores of your eyelids. So what, what, what <laughs> happens true. with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand if you have lash loss and you want to, you know, make it look as though you have more lashes or something, but isn't there some sort of detrimental effect, um, especially if someone isn't trained in the anatomy of the eye is what, what really happens there? What should our, what should your patients be aware of? Well, a couple of things. One is, and I'm doing air quotes, it's permanent. It's not permanent. It might last three to five years and they have to have it redone. So there's number one. And then two, because they are punching through the skin You've got a dye. Who knows what's in that that dye? And then three, just the mechanical movement of the needle through their lid. And in my experience, like my patients that typically have it done, a lot of them either have hair loss from thyroid issues mm-hmm. or they can't see. And so they cannot see to put on their eyeliner and their eyebrows because they're like either they're, you know, blatant hyperopes or absolute presbyopes and they, you know, are trying to do this in a makeup mirror. And so just strict convenience, they think, oh, this will be a good solution. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's not a good long-term solution. Hmm. Yeah, just like Leslie explained, a lot of people do the extensions or the last growth serum because they and the permanent eyeliner because they think, oh, it's better because it lasts longer, it's permanent, so I don't have to have irritations from a, a makeup. Um, and it's just it's easier, therefore it's better. Uh, so I think there's definitely an opening there for more education about that. And maybe it would be really good, especially for doctors that do have practices that offer aesthetics, ocular aesthetics for maybe Selena, you need to go out and give more presentations about the importance <laughs> of this. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, um, I would really be interested to see what the education looks like, you know, from the esthetician side. And if there is any way to kind of explain more about the anatomy um, versus just like, Here's how you adhere a lash to the, you know, when you're doing a false eyelash or an eyelash extension, you know, here's what blepharitis is. Here are ways that you can avoid blepharitis while you're wearing these. Or, you know, here's what a meibomian gland is. This is why, you know, maybe you should seek a consult before you are considering these things to see if you're already at risk for dry eye, right? Because there's obviously certain patients that can get away with 
permanent eyeliner without any symptoms. And then there's ones that they do that and it puts them over the edge. And now they're in our offices seeking help for a problem they didn't even know they had. And is there any cure for it? For example, somebody's done something permanent and they may have permanently damaged their lids or the glands. Is there any, any way to recoup that? Or is this something that people really need to be careful about? No, I mean, because the only way to, I mean, it's tattoo ink. So, yes, there are lasers that remove tattoo ink, but it's on the lid margin. Mm. You can't, I mean, you're going to burn off every eyelash and probably their hair follicle trying to remove it. So, it's just a risk I would never want a patient to take. Well, not pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Not pretty in the pandemic. (laughs) Not pretty in the pandemic. Wow. Okay. So we have necrosis of the skin because we're doing injections at home. Um, Our our lids have been seared and our lashes have fallen out. So, okay. I think we need to readjust our our beauty habits a little bit. Not not to mention the chemicals in all of these products, but wow, that's, um, it's really important to look at this and also think that maybe permanent isn't always, always a good fix and we really do need to address it while we're sitting at home um during lockdown or just on a daily basis when you know we have to go back to the office or back to our daily lives out without social distancing um but it's it's really important to understand what you're doing to your eyes um and speak with your eye doctor of course before you do a procedure and if you've had one please keep them up to date and what you have done because it will help and hopefully preserve your vision well, and the, the temptation also comes because everybody has a mask on when they go out, right? So they want their eyes to pop because that's all your face really, that's all of your face mm-hmm. that they see. And so I, I think this problem is going to explode even more mm-hmm. as, as we move through this pandemic. Wow. Well, it'll be interesting to see. We should do some more surveys about what people have changed and their, their beauty routines based on mask wearing, for example. So um so thank you i I appreciate your time and i look forward to learning more about uh ocular aesthetics and how people's uh prettiness during our pandemic pretty procedures (laughs) go forward (laughs) we have a lot of epidemiological studies to do during this time right um so thank you very much (laughs) thanks amy thanks leslie yeah it was great having great having you selena thanks so much thank you thanks